You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. So I want to go to a story about a guy named Naaman. And you may know that guy, you may not. It doesn't matter, but let me, let me tell you. Back then, he was kind of a big deal. It says in Kings, uh, 2 Kings uh, 5.1, it says, Now Naaman was captain of the, of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man. He was also a mighty warrior. So he was somebody, he, said he, he knew the king, right? So he probably had that little blue check mark by his name, right? He's, he's, a, he's a guy that people knew. He was, he was a great man. He was a mighty warrior, but he had leprosy, okay? And if you don't know, leprosy was a really big deal back then, okay? We have, we have cures for it now. You know, it wasn't that way back then. But, but, and so, like, you know, that was a big deal. Um, and so uh, Naaman is probably struggling. But here's the thing, is if, this, if that story is only about leprosy, then like, why are we reading it? You know, why is it in the Bible? Because you know, we've we got that figured out. It's got to be about something deeper. And so today I want to look at maybe something deeper that's going on here. Um, you know, back then people also th- they, you know, thought that, that, uh, that leprosy was very contagious. And it's really not as, it is contagious, but it's not nearly as contagious as people thought. That's where you got leper communities and that kind of thing from. Uh, but, but let me tell you that, that the science is caught up there, right? And we've seen the truth. But also the science is caught up sometimes on our emotional well-being too. And that's kind of what we're dealing with during this sermon series. And, and uh, back in the 50s, uh, there was a guy by the name of Murray Bowen, and he, a psychiatrist. And he did some studies where he realized that, that, uh, that, that some mental health issues weren't just, weren't just things that we dealt with on the inside, but it was actually was coming, it was actually being transmuted, you know, it was actually being tra- transmitted between, between people, and it was actually something that people were, were passing on and catching, basically, from one another, and he, he did a lot of study in that, um, and so, so that's the thing, is if, if, if our emotional well-being is something that is contagious, if it's something that can be passed on and caught, it, as with anything that's contagious, I want to know a couple, I want to know what can I do to make sure I don't catch it, right? And I want to make sure what can I do to not pass it on if I do catch it, right? That's the thing. That's the question. And so, uh, so I've got five keys that uh, we're going to talk about today for staying well and for keeping others well. Um, and and uh, the story goes on, right? Naaman, he's sick. He has leprosy. Well, it just so happens that the Arameans had, had gone out raiding and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on the wife of Naaman. So he's got a, girl, a little girl that, that is a servant in his house that is from Israel. And she says to, to uh, Naaman's wife, she says, If only my lord Naaman were before the prophet who was in Samaria, then he would take away this leprosy from him. And so she speaks faith. And she, there's a solution right there. There's a solution. So this is the quickest Bible story ever, right? Like it's over already. Like we've already got the solution to the problem. There it is, right? Well, no, because the problem with everything People, people get in the way and people mess things up. Uh, uh, and there were some real world problems facing Naaman. Uh, and the biggest being, I, we, we just read, we just, it's right there. The Arameans had gone out raiding and had taken captive this little girl from Israel. So the Arameans, this army, the one that, that Naaman is in charge of, <laughs> is the one raiding. Them and Israel are not getting along, right? There's, some, there's a political divide there that is keeping Naaman from getting the, the healing, getting the miracle, getting the experience with God that he needs 
there's, there's this political divide that's keeping him from that. And I'm so glad we've progressed past that too, that we've progressed, progressed, progressed past progress past having that that you know that political divide that keeps people you know feeling out there on the outside i'm glad we've progressed past that right um but but there's some real world trouble facing him because he's seen as the enemy so what he needs to do is he needs to go and, and talk to his king about what to do now imagine going before the king imagine going before the king of your country say hey i want to go to this this other country that we don't have this great relationship with i want to go there and get help you know what is the king going to say i would think that the king would say well there's not any physicians no prophets no nobody good enough for you here naaman like like if you want to go go on like you know you stay there for all i care you know that, that's what i would expect to hear from the king but remember he and the king are tight so what happens is it says in verse five it says the king of aram said go and i will send a letter send him a hall pass to the king of Israel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to set you up. I'm going to give you a little letter to take with you. So maybe that'll, that'll protect you and get you, get you in the door. And so, so he has a good relationship there, uh, some support, a support system that you don't expect to see, but it's there. And, and it's good to have those relationships in our lives of people that, that support us, right? right. The problem is, is they're, they're too few and far between, right? And we, we need those kind of relationships, and we need to build those kind of relationships. We need to build healthy relationships where we support one another and where we, where we have the right kind of relationships with each other. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, about those unhealthy relationships we do have in our life real quick because, because we all often do have those, those, and we may not even notice it, that it's there. We may even think it's a good thing. But, but there's a couple of, of different ways that relationships look, and and this is, goes back to uh, Murray Bowen and some of his research and some of the stuff he said. Um, but, but he said that, that you know, here's, here's a diagram real quick. Let's look at this. That th like, these are like two lives, right? And, and he says that sometimes what we can do is we can get two overlapping with somebody else. And our, our emotions can get so invested in someone else's, it becomes very dangerous, right? Is that all of our anxieties are, 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 are basically being fed by their anxieties, and so we're not able to actually have a relationship with this person because anytime they break down, we break down. You know, anytime they're going through something bad, we've got to go through something bad. And this is, this is dangerous, and we, we might look like, oh, that's empathy. But it's, it's actually much worse than that. It's not just empathy. It's what they call enmeshment. And actually, the, the, it's when you actually almost, uh, you know, you have so many things that are, that are riding on uh, the, the, how other people perceive you or how other people react to you. Or, or just any kind of conversation you have with other people, you have these kind of relationships. And sometimes you can have these kinds, and you can have other kinds too. But, but look, that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous thing to do. It's when we become too enmeshed with other people. And, and suddenly, you know, just a, a, a little comment from a, from a, a friend or, a, a, you know, just, a, just a, a look from a spouse can just send your whole day down, down, down the tube, right? That, that's not what we want to do. We want to have healthy relationships. The other way, the, the opposite way, and this is maybe what we do more often, is we push completely away. We push completely away, and that's detachment. And that's not healthy either. They say, oh, I'm just going to keep everybody at arm's length, and that way I don't have, any, have to have any stress from anybody else. I can just do my thing and not worry about it. Well, that's not healthy either, because we've got to have good relationships with each other. And what they say is, is the best kind of relationships is actually called differentiation. That's what we want. We want differentiation to be able to have some overlap there. To have some places where we're, where we're building each other up, but not that we're so wrapped up in each other's emotions that it becomes something unhealthy, where it becomes something where we, we can't support one another. 
Um, Robert Creech said this. He said that, that I don't have this on the screen, but differentiation increases our capacity to be with others when anxiety is high. And that's what we need is we need to be able to be with one another when, when bad times are happening. And so the number one thing, or the first thing, not, maybe not the number one thing, but the first thing, the first key here today is, is to maintain healthy boundaries, right? To maintain healthy boundaries. All this is some secular stuff, right? This is some, some secular studies and those kind of things. But I think there's some truths there for us because here's the thing is if we're pursuing Jesus, if we're pursuing him, then our eyes are on him, and that's where our relationship, our, our main relationship is in our life. And all these other relationships, if, if they do become detached or the, if they do become enmeshed, that, that, you know, if they are enmeshed, then, then my, my heart's wrapped up in Jesus. And, and I, I'm not worried about other people's anxieties on me because my, anxiety, my, my hopes are in Jesus, not in someone else. And also, it, if my heart lines up with Jesus, I can't become detached from people. And so, so I think, I think that this is a good thing for us to see too. And also, this isn't something we just saw. This isn't just something that we're just like, oh, I got this figured out. No, it's, it's always a balancing act. It's something we go through in life and we find the right balance. Um, and, and so going on, it says that, um, it says that when the king gets the letter from, from uh, the king of Aram, the king of Israel, when he gets the, the letter from the other king, they're passing notes to each other. Um, it says his response may not be what you thought is he tears his clothes and he says am I God to kill and to give life that this man sends a man to me to take away his leprosy he's saying the king the king of Aram sent this guy for me to take away his leprosy but but I can't do that so he jumps to the conclusion you, you ever have somebody in your life do that jump to like the absolute worst conclusion to things or do you ever do that jump to the absolute worst conclusion of something uh, that's what he did is he jumped I, I can't heal this man of leprosy I, I can't do that that's what the king thought and why because his his focus is off right and let, let's look real quick at what king jehoram did as he, here's what he he did is he, he he ruled right it was all about him he's the king and all people served him right so everything was focused on him and that led to one natural conclusion that he was the solution to everybody's problems and we do that too, right? If we begin, if we begin focusing on ourselves and looking at, at how, how great we are or how the, the things that we can control, then we begin to see ourselves as the solution to every problem that it presents itself. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. And so the second thing that uh, I want to remind you of today, the second thing, the second key, I'm skipping a slide there, Beverly, uh, is to, to uh, carry what you must. Carry what you must. Um, go back there to that, that last slide. Um, it's what's yours to carry? There's three questions real quick. What's, what's yours to carry? What's, what's theirs to carry? And what's God's to carry? Let's not, let's not get that out of, out of balance, all right? Let's, let's carry what we need to carry. Let's carry what, what is ours. Let's help others see what, what's theirs to carry. And we can bear each other's burdens. We, we're called to do that. We're called to do that. But sometimes we got to let people learn things on their own. And then what's God's care? What are the things in life that the anxieties and the burdens that you're carrying around that you can't do anything about and only God can do, do, do something about? We need to do, do that. Okay, so just carry what you must. All right, and let's, let's look at, at uh, what's the opposite of that way that, that uh, King Jehoram, uh, the way he lived. Let's look at uh, uh, in verse 8. Uh, it says this about Elisha. Elisha is the prophet that the little girl is talking about. And, she sa and he said, uh, when the it says when, the, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent word to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? <laughs> I just feel like he's saying like, what is going on up there? Like, like what are you, seriously, what are you doing? 
you know? Uh, he says, let him come to me, and he'll, he will know that there's a prophet in Israel. Elisha responds with confidence and, and with, with uh, compassion to, towards Naaman, right? Because he's got, the, he's got a healthy view of how things work, right? So uh, King Jehoram, he ruled, all served him, it was all about him. So it led to him being the solution to the problems. Elisha knew that God ruled, that, that, all, that he was there to serve other people, and that God is the solution. If you just look at the, the chapters around that, this, this chapter right here, if you just go back a couple of chapters and look, you can see just the way that, that Elisha lived a life of faith. Like we talked about last week, he lived a life of uh, where you dream so big that you have to have God in your life to handle it, right? You have, to, you have to depend on God to do these things. And that's the way he lived. Is it wasn't on him to make it happen. It was on God, and he knew that. And so that's the way he lived. And here's the thing is we flood our lives with so much unnecessary stress when we expect men to do what only God can. We, spend, we, we, we do that. And maybe, and maybe our expectations on other people in our life, how they can better meet our needs, or can be on us, and how, how we can better meet other people's needs. But we need to, to not do that and, and put the things, let God carry the things that are his, and let us carry the things that are ours, right? Um, I don't know, like just uh, it, it, the words of Jesus come to mind where he says, don't be anxious in, in Matthew chapter 6. He says, he says, don't be anxious. And I know you, you read it and you're like, well, thanks, Jesus. That, that really helps me, you know, don't be anxious. Like, it's just a switch you turn off. But that's not what he says. He goes on. He goes on for several verses. And I've got a link there in the sermon notes if you want to look at it. Um, but he goes on for several verses and, and talks about how that looks. He doesn't say just don't be anxious. He says, he says to basically slow down. Take a look at how the world is working around you. He says, look at the birds. Look at the birds and, and look, at, look at, you know, God takes care of them. You know, you're worth, a, you're worth more than a bird, right? He says, look at the, look at the, look at the uh, flowers. Look at them. And, and, and notice, like, how beautiful they are. How much more beautiful are you to God? You know, God's going to take care of you. You know, we, we chase after all the wrong things, and we're focused on all the wrong things. And so we, sometimes we just need to refocus. And, that's, and he, he ends that whole thing by saying, seek first the kingdom of heaven. In other words, uh, focus your heart on, on something besides the things around you, and that will help alleviate the anxiety in your life. That will help alleviate that stress. Um, Steve Cuss said this great last name, by the way. He said that uh, anxiety tries to make us look down, but the gospel makes us look up. Anxiety wants us to look down and say, oh, man, so woe is me, you know, and, and how bad things are. But the gospel causes us to look up. And if we can do that when we, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel that, 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 that kind of emotion, we can look up and, and, and look to God. We can remember to do that. That's going to help us so much. And I know it's a process. I know it's a growing thing. But that's the third, the third key there is to focus up. And I think when we focus up, we focus on God. That's going to help us with those other two, right? It's going to help us maintain healthy boundaries. It's going to help us carry the things that we need to carry. And focus up. Focus on him. Um, it reminds me so much of Colossians chapter 3 uh, where Paul says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. You know, I read that, read that, you know, probably my whole life and read it and thought, you know, it's talking about like all the sinful things that are around you. And that, you know, that, that, that's included there, I'm sure. But it's also these anxieties and these stresses and these, these other things that are around us. Like, like, focus our eyes there because that's where our hope comes from, right? 
We need to, to focus upwards. Um, so, continuing on in the story, uh, Elisha is going to help out Naaman, get him, get him healed. Uh, so what he does is he sends a messenger. And the messenger comes to Naaman and says, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be returned and cleansed. Great, he has a solution. But Naaman became angry and went away and said to himself, Surely he could have come out and stood and called on the name of the Lord his God and waved his hand over the infected area. It sounds like he's won some sort of magic show. Um, and, and, and taken away the leprosy. And he says, And are not Abana and, and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them? Can I not, why am I even here? Can I just wash in the river back home? And so he, he says, he, So he turned away and went with rage. And why rage? Like he's, he's finally got the solution right there. Why rage? And I think, you know, when things don't go the way we think they should, oftentimes that's when we see where we're weakest at. And I think that's what, what's happening here in, in Naaman's life is um, things aren't quite going the way he planned it. And, and so he, he, he's letting some things out. There's a lot, thi- a lot of things going on in Naaman's life that are maybe a little bit more than, more than just leprosy, right? He has some things that are going on, and there's a pride thing that's going on there. Um, how do you react when you don't get things the way you want them, you know? I think a lot of times we, we say, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good to go. You're like, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. But then something happens, you know, something happens, something comes up that you didn't expect, something starts to not go your way, and what happens? That those emotions, those, those, those feelings begin to boil over, right? And so, so um, so, so notice those, those things. That, that, that's, that's the truth right there. It's not er, everything's okay. It's, there's something under the, under the surface there that, that, that's not okay. Um, and there's a pride thing in Naaman's life that won't let him address it and won't let him even take the solution for his problem. They won't even let him, let him attempt it. And so, so that, that's the fourth key is don't let pride keep you from the solution. If the solution's there, don't, don't let pride keep you away. Don't let pride keep you away. And, and here's the thing is, is, uh, is uh, you know, I was reading uh, some commentary on, on, on this story. I'm saying that actually maybe what Naaman, uh, some scholars think that maybe what Naaman was prescribing here was actually a version of, of, a, of a ceremonial uh, washing that takes place in, that was uh, prescribed in Leviticus 14 in the law of God that God had sent about, about leprosy. And so maybe he had tweaked that and is handing it off to, to Naaman. And it's almost like, hey, just do what the Bible says, is basically what, he's, what, what some scholars think he was basically saying. And yeah, I know Naaman wasn't, he wasn't a, 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 a follower of God, really. But, but that's basically what he said. Nobody wants to hear that. You know, when, and, and, you know, we never want to hear just, just do what, just do the obvious thing. But sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's just do the obvious thing. Um, and so here's the question. And I think this is a big question. What are the solutions that you've already written off? What are the solutions to the problem that you've already written off? You already said, nope, that's, that's, not, that's not happening. And, and that's, that's the dangerous part because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that would, you know, like, like Naaman said, Naaman, he, he probably would have gone and done anything. In just a minute, we're going to read where his servants say, hey, if they would have asked you to do something great, you probably would have done it. And I'm thinking like, you know, he probably would have sacrificed, you know, whatever, you know, you know, for days, he would, probably would have gone up on a mountain and fasted or whatever, but to go wash in the nasty river, he ain't doing that, you know? 
Um, and, and so, uh, you know, how, how, so many times, like, we would, you know, go down to an altar and say a prayer. We'd ask somebody to pray for us, but go talk to a therapist? I don't know about that, you know? There's, there's some things that maybe you've already written off, you know? Uh, make a life change? Make, make, cut this thing out of my life that I know is causing me, causing me pain and is causing this stuff? Uh, cut it out? I don't, I don't know about that, right? Uh, and the same way, flip version, there's some people that would go talk to anybody, go sit down and have any kind of conversation with, with somebody, but to go down and have a prayer with somebody, to, to, to say a prayer, you know, walk down and have a prayer, or to ask somebody to pray for me, I don't know if I would do that, you know? And so that's the thing is I hate to even name. Well, the thing is because there's all these solutions. We, all of our problems are different, <laughs> but we've all got a solution. God has a solution for our, our problem. But we can't write off the easy solution that he wants us to have, okay? So what's the thing that you've written off that you said, no, no, that's, that's not it. That's not it already. If you really want to, to have that life change, you, you've got you've to be able to, willing to do anything. Um, um, so what happens is, like I said, uh, Naaman's servants come back to him and say, hey, Naaman, like, kind of cool down, okay? Um, it says, my father... If the prophet had told you to do some, some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more when he said to you, wash and be clean? So Naaman has a change of heart. He, he goes down and he dips himself in the Jordan seven times according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh returned by the flesh of a little boy, and he was clean. And so God does this awesome miracle for Naaman. He does this awesome miracle for Naaman. And it's not just that his skin, it's not just his skin. His heart has a change too. And a minute ago, he told, he said, why can Elijah come in and, and prayed uh, the, the name of the, of the Lord, his God? But now Naaman says, he goes back to Elisha and he says, now I know that there is no God in all the land except in Israel. He has a heart change. Now, I don't think like, like and there's, there's, another, there's, a other, uh, there's another example too in just a second. But I don't think that he went, when he came up on that sixth time of dunking, like he was just still just, Hor a horrible person, and then he goes, when he goes down, it comes up, all of a sudden, he's, he's just perfect, because here's the thing, is it's a process, is that God is still working, he still had issues, he still had things he was working with, you know, and sometimes we think like, oh, well, it's just going to be snapping over, sometimes, listen, sometimes that happens, okay, <laughs> okay, sometimes you pray and things change, okay, sometimes it doesn't, though, I don't know why, why it works different ways, but sometimes you pray and things immediately change, and sometimes you pray and God begins working things out behind the scenes. But either way, either way, prayer is important and following what Jesus says, that tells us to do is important. Um, but the thing about Naaman is that he immediately, what he does, and I'm not, I'm not read the rest of this, but, but he, he immediately starts trying to give Elisha something. He immediately starts trying to give Elisha something because he, he sees, you know what, I, my life was messed up and now I'm thankful and I'm, I have things to give. So I want to bless out of the way God's blessed me. And I think that's, that's what a, a repentant heart looks like. And even, uh, he actually gets taken advantage of. Uh, uh, Elisha has a servant, and Elisha refuses all the gifts and sends Naaman away. But Elisha has a servant that's like, hey, I'm going to get in on that. And he actually runs up and says, hey, you know how Elisha said that, uh, that he didn't want any of his gifts? Well, actually, he changed his mind. He said, you can just leave them with me. Just, just hand them over. Nothing fishy going on here. And what does Naaman do? He says, say, well, I don't know about this. No, what he does, he is so eager. You look at it and say, he's just naive. He's just being taken. No, I think he was so 
eager to give back, to be a positive force in the universe, to be a positive force in someone's life that he wanted to just give out of what he had. And he actually gave more than the guy even asked for. He, he, gives, he gives back. Um, he wants to be a positive impact. And here's the thing is when you're healed and when, you're, when you struggle and then you're healed, I think it helps you see the struggle that's going on in everyone else's life, or it should. It should help you see that, that the struggle that I have isn't just, just me. We're all struggling, right? We've all got things going on. And it's not just me. Like, we, we've all got problems. We've all got things. And so I think the fifth key, the fifth key is to realize, to realize that you aren't the only one struggling. Because, because that, that's, that's, that should be some, uh, some fuel in your tank to, to, to go and to, to get well so that you can continue to help other people, uh, you know, to guide them further along the path. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.